You are listening to the one and only Visionaries Wrestling Network. Envisioning excellence and providing your perfect podcast experience. This is Banned from Ringside. Tonight on the Banned from Ringside podcast, WWE cuts a bunch of talent is made essential in the great state of Florida. We got the Wednesday Night Wars, that and a whole bunch more tonight on the Banned from Ringside podcast. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks, so and welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, aka Insta Smark. And <laughs> over there in Edwardsville, Illinois, we have two beers. Zach Pullman, what's going on, two beer? Uh, not much. I actually am finally two beer for 2020. I'm having my second beer of the year. Hey! <laughs> I know. I've been cleaning all day. It's beautiful outside. I got to come outside. My kids don't hear me talking about come at least all day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who you are anymore. And over there in University City, St. Louis, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Allow us to bow our heads as I pull down the latest edition of the Band from Ringside podcast, volume 151, chapter 3, verse 14, and the good spark saith. Hashtag boo the heels. It is all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat. Shout out to my girl, Becky Balboa. I love you, babe. Um, I'm going to call us essential as well, because despite the world events around us, we just keep plugging along. WWE ain't the only thing essential. BFR is essential. I love that. Um, We might have to put an asterisk on episode 151. For all you loyal (laughs) listeners out there, uh, let me be the first to apologize. We had kind of a perfect storm of technical difficulties last week. Not only uh, were we changing podcast carriers and trying to change the logistics of how we get the podcast uploaded to your favorite podcast services and, uh, you know, all that really non-fun stuff, but also... Yours truly, uh, I don't know how I did it. I have no idea what I did wrong last week, guys. I wasn't banged up. I wasn't high. I wasn't drunk. I just recorded myself, which is how I hear the podcast in my head all the time. But I know that that's not what you guys want to hear, which is just me talking and then clicking my pen in the background as I kind of laugh at what these guys are saying. So let it be known. Just let it be known. That it was a great conversation about WrestleMania. It was it was our WrestleMania recap uh, episode, which is particularly shitty. So we're going to see what. I mean, it's shitty that that's that was the one that we missed, or that was the one yeah, that didn't go enough. out right. So we're going to do enough. what we can. Hopefully, we're going to try to recreate that podcast for you sometime in the near future. Um, but to those of you that reached out on Twitter and Facebook and uh, called my parents' house and made threatening, uh, made death threats, uh, we I apologize. It's it was mostly my <laughs> fault. Um, part of it part of it was out of our control. No, part, no, I was just gonna say, let me piggyback on that. Part of it is my fault as well. That was the logistics part of getting it to your favorite podcast provider. I have figured that out now, so we are good to go. So this point on, you should be set on whichever podcast provider you like to go to to find us for episode 151 and moving forward. But just in case it does fall fluky again, Visionary Wrestling Network is probably the backup way to find us. Put that into your space bar. Then you just scroll up, you find us, plus the rest of the BWN family. That way you can listen to us and them as well. So Band from Ringside, obviously, the easiest way, the way you have been doing it. But as the backup, you can also find us at Visionary Wrestling Network as well. I just want to point out that I am 100% blameless because I don't do any work. (laughs) I'll also say, (laughs) Zach, it sounds like you're near a very talkative bird i could be i'm outside yes that sounds nice yeah i was gonna say we definitely hear that <laughs> all right uh you want me so, to kill it you want me to kill it yeah like, no no <laughs> kill no, it. no 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 all right we got enough problems 
All right. Uh, before we get too far into it, Jason, tell us about F&B Eatery. F&B Eatery on the corner of 3453 Southampton, Southampton and Marquette. Uh, swing on by. Check my boy out. He is one of the few that are doing curbside delivery, pickup, all that good stuff. Uh, like I said before, I would always suggest liking them on Facebook because hours can change just because the world climate can change. You're ready for a smash burger? He's the man to go check out. It's the best burger in St. Louis you've never heard of. F&B Eatery, 3453 Southampton. Tell them that ban from ringside sent you. All right, let's get to that. Three counts. One, two, three. Hey, JCB, what's that one count? Bloody Wednesday. I'll just call it like that. Um, in a surprise move to a certain extent, the WWE released a bunch of talent and producers. Um, I'm sure everybody knows the names, but some of the ones that jump out at me, obviously Kurt Angle, probably being the biggest and the, the largest of the bunch because obviously WWE Hall of Famer, one of the uh, the best wrestlers in the last 20 years, give or take. Gallows and Anderson, ah, Anderson released <laughs> as well. Um, that was kind of a surprise to me because it felt like they... If I'm not mistaken, they just re-signed with the WWE, and then they got cut as well. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole list. Like I said, it's – I'll just say this. And one of my biggest complaints about the WWE is that they never use this talent. It is arguably the greatest roster of talent that has been amassed that I've ever seen in my lifetime. Now, that being said – a lot of that talent was not being used at some point in space. From there, this is where I have the problem. You've hoarded this talent, and now, in a move that makes sense business-wise, I'll give you that. You have to cut costs somewhere, so you cut costs at the talent. This is the absolute wrong time to be doing anything like that. I mean, I guess WWE just doesn't give a shit about public relations because they just did this shit and just kept it moving. Guys that you don't even see anymore get cut, which neither here nor there. I get that. I've asked for these guys to be released. EC3, God bless him. He can go somewhere and hopefully regain some sort of semblance back to his career. Hell, I'll run back to Impact if I was him. That's another story for another time. Other guys like Gallows and Anderson, last time I checked, you were on the uh, WrestleMania getting your ass handed to you by The Undertaker. I would have liked to think being paired with AJ Styles on top of that, that would give them a little maneuverability, some latitude. Hell, you just resigned with the company. They got asked. Producers got furloughed, which is fine because that basically means once you come, once everything gets back to normal, you have a job to come back to. But the talent is the one place that I have the biggest problem with it because they hoarded this talent, they didn't do anything with it, and then when it came time to unfortunately cut them loose, they cut them loose at a time where now. Not only do they have to wait 30 to 90 days because of the, the no-compete clause, now they're getting into a market where the market can't just take them on and move along with the storyline because most everybody is in this holding pattern trying to wait for this thing out to where everything can go back to quote-unquote normal. This is a horrible, horrible PR move. But it just goes to show, like I've always said, Vinny is about his money. Go ahead, keep that profit margin up. It's not like I'm going to sit up here and say I'm going to stop watching WWE because I'm not. That's who I am. But this is just a horrible, horrible fucking move on the WWE's part. Fuck the business side. I'm going to stick with the talent on this one. You should have cut bait with them earlier than that so that way they had a chance. Like Rusev hasn't even done anything since the whole Lana and uh, Bobby Lashley thing has gone off. And he didn't do anything before that. You could have cut bait with him at any point, but no, you just want to hold him so that way AEW doesn't get him or the NWA doesn't get him or whatever the case may be. And last thought, not everybody can go to AEW, everybody, okay? That means they would have the same problem that the WWE would have, a bloated roster with not a lot of places that they can go. So let's get off the AEW bandwagon. Some will go, most will not. Anyway, like I said, horrible PR move on the WWE's part, just because the timing couldn't be worse. Two beers, Zach. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, since 
wrestling is regarded as like low rent entertainment by the majority of Americans, at least. Uh, a lot of the shenanigans really fly under the radar. Like the the stuff that Vince does and has done just, you know, largely in the past, but also even just in the last 12 months, that shit would not fly for the commissioner of the NBA or the NFL or anything like that. Any like quote unquote legitimate sport. And this is a billion dollar company. This is a disgusting act. I mean, like, Jason said, some of these guys wanted out. If you look at the list, a lot of them are ones that wanted out. And they ended up signing just big contracts because they threw so much money at them. They're like, well, we got families. Why Why not? Why not take this money? And it was WWE's decision to throw that money at them. And it was WWE's decision to let them go at a time where they can't even go out and get real jobs. Uh, there's like rampant unemployment. It's not like, you know, this person can't go to quote unquote you know, some wrestling promotion, they can't even go get a sales job right now. People aren't hiring. Uh, so it's just, it's pretty wild. This is a drop in the bucket for WWE. They're a billion dollar company. They're going to have a billion dollars in revenue this year. And what I think this saved them $8 million uh, I overall. Forced. I thought well, worse, eight, even it, worse. It's, it's four with like talent alone, probably eight all day. If you include, you know, what they say production wise, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, for them, that is absolutely nothing. Uh, it's just they, they have other places to cut costs. Like, you take care of your people, right? That's really the bottom line. And we know that Vince doesn't care about more than five of those people um, on that roster. And he's only going to take care of, like, his his guys. And, hell, he doesn't even do that. Like, I mean, that guy, like sucks roman's dick and then it's just like totally fine throwing him to the fucking covid wolves you know <laughs> doesn't doesn't care if he dies but he just wants him to at wrestlemania like this shit's just fucked up man and like any other year it's kind of hard to win like a a di most disgusting promotional tactic or like most dis despicable act and i feel like wwe's had like five this year um it's it's crazy what mike show to ever do to anybody dude's been there for 31 years Damn. Okay. Now that that doesn't even make sense. I mean, how much money is he really making that you cut him and it's gonna be like, okay, everybody, your profit margin is still okay. You don't cut Mike Shield. You don't do that. So okay? that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Is I mean was Mike Kilda just at the end of a contract or something? It it really doesn't it really boggles the mind that they released him because I mean, he's been, he, like you said, he he's been there 30 retire. years. He, he's like 53. He could want to retire, you know, like, because there's people that do that, like, before they die. Like, he, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to see that. He but, was, he was <laughs> also, I forgot about him just as a person. And when I read that, I was like, when did they hire the lead singer in Lincoln Park? And I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was he was the referee at in a lot of big matches, um, none bigger than Undertaker versus Mankind, uh, Hell in the Cell. He was the referee at that match. Uh, I want to go down a few of Never these. Forget. I want to go down a few of these. I, obviously, I think that Kyoto is surprising, but as as much as he is talent, I mean, he's a referee. But as, in terms of talent, Rusev is shocking. To me, like, I think it's just he's, he's probably a, a vocal dickhead and wanted out. Like yes. I can just see him, yeah, being he, vocal and they're just tired of him. Yeah, he seems like the type of guy that doesn't put up with a lot of shit and doesn't mind speaking on, his is, mind. Is, is Rusev really shocking? I mean, we can count the number of storylines he's had in the last two years. It's it's been brutal. His high point was challenging AJ Styles for the title, and he lost that. After that, WrestleMania when he came down the tank. After that. NXT probably. I mean, they just do. They just did this dude dirty, and when he got he's himself the over, most... then they really did him dirty. Go ahead, two beers. I was just gonna say, sorry to interrupt, but he's probably the most marketable <laughs> one though on the entire list, uh, as far as a current talent that can still work. I think he's the most marketable one to go to go do something for another company. Yeah, when, that's why I think, like Bill said, it was surprising. When I say when I say. Shocking. I mean, I, I've been shocked at their mishandling of Rusev ever since he got out of the Cena, ever since he got out of the Cena feud. What was that? Five years ago. 
I mean, he got himself over with Aiden English with the Rusev day. The play, everybody, he got cut. everybody, yeah, he got cut. But I mean, you know, but yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you know, like, uh, like I, I'm glad that he's not going to be making any money. I'm just saying that that doesn't really surprise me. I mean, he did 205 live. He was the color commentator guy for a while. But Rusev, they mishandled from the beginning, and he got himself over, and then they just kind of kiboshed that because Vince doesn't like anything unless he himself gets, gets it over, much in the same way when Sandow got himself over as Miz, as Mizdow, and everybody loved him, and then Vince cut him right after that also. There's really four names that stand out the most here to me, and it's Rusev, Anderson, and Gallows, although talk about guys that have been misused. And, and Leo Rush is so young and so talented. You know, maybe they think we can get him back anytime we want to. Uh, he he's also been kind of a backstage problem. The rest of these guys, I you know, don't see a whole lot of TV time apart from Rowan and maybe Drake Maverick, who was, you know, I just watched NXT today. He was listed on NXT as being in the Cruiserweight Tournament. They're going to <laughs> – I'm not even going to believe I said this out loud. They're going to let him finish out the cruiserweight tournament, and then he's free to go after that point. So he got fired um, on his day off, and then he yeah, has to work three and more then days. He, right, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I just it, – it boggles the mind how WWE works sometimes. Um, For those three, I think wife. Fired a husband and wife with a relatively young kid on the same day. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully they've been saving their money because they, they signed really lucrative contracts and they haven't been on TV. So hopefully they've been saving their money. But, I mean, they've got histories of addiction issues and, you know, it's just not a good scene. Like, it's just, that's just, like, eh, it's disgusting. Like, you're going you're gonna to take somebody that wants out that bad and you're going to throw a bunch of money at them, and then you're going to yank the rug up and their entire support system out from under them. It's, it, it's fucked up. Two beers, X putting the whole system on trial. Uh, well, I mean, every I'm day. So, I'm sorry, dude. I mean, at a certain point. I'm not saying I'm, I I'm not saying I disagree. I'm on the I'm on his side, but it is just like that's. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of employment that's happening right now that's a lot of employers are going through the exact same thing that are doing things uh not really looking out for the uh talent you know like baristas like the barista talent and shit like that um this is why vince never let them unionize and this is why they bust all the unions every time they do try to do it mm-hmm. i can see after this i mean we're gonna have a paradigm shift just nationally and it doesn't look like it's going the right direction at the moment <laughs> but uh, i would like to see that kind of trend especially like in professional wrestling like you know some some kind of catastrophe like this is almost required in order to like catalyze that fire in to like a a, a large movement like that and it would be awesome if vince could be brought to his knees through unionization uh, because, oh my God, I would just chant you deserve and I hate the you deserve and chant, but I would chant it all day, every day for like a week. <laughs> um, I'll just run down the list real fast for those who didn't see it. Drake Maverick, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, Leo Rush, EC3, Kurt Hawkins, Eric Young, Heath Slater, who I always liked a whole lot. Uh, Kurt that Angle, is, Aiden English, Sarah <laughs> Logan, who is married to one of the Viking Raiders, I believe. Uh, yes. Mike Kyoto, Primo and Epico, uh, Eric Rowan, Mike and Maria Canellis, Zach Ryder, Noe Jose, and Rusev. So that was the cuts on Bloody Wednesday. Um, not only we joined WWE here at Banff from Ringside, Wishing them all uh, good luck in their future endeavors. Anything else stand out to you guys, or should we move on to the two count? Um, I'll just say this, and like I kind of said already, don't expect everybody to go to AEW. Certain guys are going to go. Other guys aren't going to go. I just think that it's going to be a scenario of, what is the best fit for that particular individual or the team in general 
team when I think Gallows and Anderson, I wouldn't be surprised they went back to Japan. Or in the case of like Keith Slater for uh, just throwing out his name, I think he would be perfect for the NWA just because of name recognition and the fact of he would be someone that could come in and have a good character because NWA is a pretty character-driven kind of wrestling promotion. I think he could come in and, and do that. Outside of that, I agree with everything you said, man. It, it just sucks that this is how it happened and the fact that they just can't go out after 30 or 90 days and pick up where they left off. So, yeah, best of luck to them. Fuck Vince. Move along. It's also real easy to say, well, AEW can just start up a second weekly television show. It's like it's it's not that easy, especially AEW is doing as, as good as they can also. They're, they're you know. It's not. It's just not that easy. So, um, oh, dude, can you imagine if AEW would not have re-upped that television deal in January, like before this hit? Yeah, like they got a very lucrative deal mm-hmm. right before this hit. I mean, that like that one's going in the history books, right? Whenever we talk about this Wednesday Night War and this thing, like that is such a perfect like moment for them and they're yeah. still hurting because they they rely on live shows and merchandise and stuff uh whereas wwe loses money on live shows they don't lose money on merchandise but they lose money on live shows so aw is is definitely not doing great but at least they have the backing of some billionaires and a solid business plan but yeah it's it's wild uh i just before before we move on the two count i just want to say I would love to see my man, who's been my man for a long time, Rusev. I would love to see him in the G1. I just think it'd be awesome. I'd love to see what he can do with those dudes, you know, with dudes that fly around and maybe have some big heavyweight matches and really just let him go for a while because he is uh, he he's he's the he's the most talented guy on the list, or maybe not the most talented, but the one with the most upside. I think that uh, Zach said that earlier. Um, so that's what I think too. So let's get to that. To count. I just thought of. Yep. Go ahead. You just made me think of. You just made me think of Rusev and Ishii, and I just nutted in my pants. Oh my god! <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, I'd love to see Rusev Osprey. Fuck! I'd love oh, to god, see yeah. Rusev ev- everybody. Just let him take Archer's spot. You know. Yeah. I would, yeah, yeah. I would totally work with that. So, shit, yeah, that would be amazing. God, we haven't had any New Japan content in a while, man. I'm hurting for it. Let's get to that two hey, count. I actually got to cancel my membership. It's crazy. Anyway, sorry. Let me get to the two count. <laughs> One, two, three. Hey, Zach, what's the two count? Oh, it's me. <laughs> I keep interrupting myself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so... Two count, we have uh, WWE, along with other sports, uh, being labeled essential in Florida. So, And it's not just other sports. It's uh, basically sports for a national audience, uh, which is AW included, UFC is included. Uh, Dana White before this was like about to buy an island and like <laughs> privately fly everybody out. Like, that guy's... We talk about Vince McMahon being a monster. Like, Dana White is off the deep end. Okay, fuck like, your couch. I'm going to make this fight at Island happen. <laughs> for real. It is just absolutely wild. Um, but, uh, so, that, I mean, that's a thing that happened. And it is even more wild when you consider that Florida is arguably the most elderly state in the nation. <laughs> so, you have all these people flying in and out from all over the world just to do their sports, just to do their little fucking monkey dance to entertain you. And I'm sorry, but that shit is not essential. Like, I do a wrestling podcast. Like, obviously, it is high priority for me. It is peak entertainment for me. And I'm telling you, I don't even care to watch this shit right now. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm happy to have some kind of distraction. But at the end of the day, there are other things that do not involve risking the lives of the people that entertain me or their families or anybody that they would come in contact or with. Or anybody like, else. You yeah, know? anybody. It's just... The production crew, like, anything. It's just, it is irresponsible. And, you know, we shit on Vince, and I know that AEW's been a little bit better, uh, but they're still running shows, too. 
And at least they did the thing where they ran, you know, tape five weeks and they're trying to do it a little bit better. And they're trying to, you know, they told people they can stay home and people trusted Tony Khan that they would not lose their push. And he straight up said, look, you're not going to lose your place in the company. You're not going to lose your push. Like you do what you think is right for your family. And because like he seems like a decent guy and he's not an 80 year old man who has 80 years of history of not being a decent guy, people believed him. And you notice that because you see the same people on TV every single week. Um, it's just really, really weird uh, that. You know, it's just like this national narrative that we're seeing right now where people are like so ready to open back up and we're about to get gaslit so hard, like from every single source that this is not as bad as it seemed or actually once it passes that it was not as bad as you might have thought that it was and that this, you know, Which means we, we did American, everything right. strong. Yes, and it is going to be gaslighting like you have never seen in your life. And this is just the beginning of it. And they're like the Florida guy talked about opening up schools. Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't even want to send my kids to school during flu season. Yeah. And I'm I'm not in a high risk group. Like, this shit is bonkers to me. And fuck baseball, fuck basketball, fuck every other sport. I enjoy those sports too. I may not follow them as much, but like they're also boring in an empty arena. They're not essential. They are not so important that they need to put anyone's health at risk, anyone, one person even. And it also, when those things start running, it's just going to give everyone an example that says, hey, you should be social distancing, but it's okay for celebrities not to, or it's okay for your favorite sports authorities not to, because they're more important than you. So then people are like, oh, well, they're doing it. Why can't I? Like it defeats this entire purpose. And it's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Well, so anyway, I, I'm sorry. And Rand, I know it. I know that you were saying fuck basketball, fuck baseball, and fuck football because you were saying <laughs> personally that you don't care about them. But I will say that NBA, what they were the leader on this. They were the they were the first ones to be like, you know what? You we're just shutting down the season. Sorry, like everything yeah, shut that. down. That they were the, they were the first ones to do it, and they did it in the middle of a game. Mm -hmm. They they just they just stopped games with. Arena's full of people, and they said, you know what? We're just not going to do this anymore. Um, I agree. It's not essential, and there's programming that they can do that ESPN is doing right now that, you know, it might be hurting. That Their ratings might be down, but, I mean, is at the expense of what? At the expense are for the benefit of everybody's health. So if WWE, I'm telling you, man, if, if Vince just wanted to run – Raw and SmackDowns from 2000 and just ran them the exact same way they were played with just new advertisements instead of, you know, the Noid or whatever was going on back in 2000. <laughs> the Noid's probably like 89 or something. But if they, if they did that, I'd, I'd watch it every week. I would watch Raw oh, from 2000 every week. You're not the only one, and I think uh, part of the reason is that uh, in those contracts – he has, is supposed to deliver live content and up to a certain point because he has like a few shows that he does in Europe a couple, you know, a couple times a year and then like Christmas shows and stuff that are not live. But I think like 40 something weeks out of the year, he has to deliver live content. And because he's the kind of guy who's going to renege on any contract he can that will benefit himself, he is absolutely thinking that Fox and USA. And maybe not USA as much because they actually need him, but Fox is going to try to renege on that contract if he does not deliver live content because they were set to deliver, they were set to tape like four or five weeks of shows last week. And the day that everybody flew in, they were in the middle of taping and he's like, nah, we're going live next week because he's, the thinking is, is that he's worried that they're going to withhold that money. I'll tell and you what, they have $500 billion cash in reserve. He doesn't think he can afford that. Fox would be pleasantly surprised at the kind of rating that a Raw from 1999 or a SmackDown from 2000 with Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock on it would pull as opposed to the bullshit fucking SmackDowns that they've been putting out there for the last couple weeks. Jason, what's your take? No, I agree. Zach kind of stole my thunder on the, the contract thing is I think that and I'm not trying to defend Vince but by any stretch of imagination, but but I think that pressure is coming from Fox saying, hey, this is the contract. You said you were going to you know, give us X amount of dates per year. You know, ratings are not necessarily, I'm sure, where they want it to be. So, yeah, 
I, as much as I would love to see, you know, Rock and Austin from 2000 or Rock and anybody from any given era on SmackDown, I agree with Zach on this one. I think this is more on the lines of more so Fox saying, hey, we pulling up $2 billion. Now you not only not fulfilling the contract of just live shows, but the ratings are, I'm sure Raw was 1.9 this week. I'm sure SmackDown is probably in that same general vicinity. So, I mean, it's for just for the business side of it, it's probably in the sense that Vince is being forced to do it. I'm sure he's he was going to do Raw regardless. Now, doing it live is something totally different. Did it look different? No. So if you wouldn't have told me it was live, to me it looked like the same show they've been right. throwing out the last two or three but just this week, it was a live show. So be it. At the end of the day, this is the contract that he put himself to bed with. So here you go. Now, the talent's going to be getting that risk. And then, you know, we've already kind of went down that road. But unfortunately, here's the greed part of it. You wanted that $2 billion contract. Now you have to fulfill that $2 billion contract obligation. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say this personally. You know, I was putting on the good face saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to just I'm going to roll with it and I'll watch these empty arena, you know, new shows with new content. I am really and maybe it's just general pandemic malaise. And I know that we have another month of it, at least here in the St. Louis area where they're saying that the social distancing, everything's closed in the St. Louis County area. For until May 15th but man I am getting sick of watching empty arena shows it's just it's just not it's just so not the same and I think last week on the uh on the lost episode of BFR um <laughs> I I think I said that you know I I was just getting used to it and then this week I just hit a wall I was like man this it just sucks man it's it's no fun um but them being called essential workers is it's just fucking silly. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It's just it's just dumber no, it's, it's just dumber than shit. Uh, it's it's bigger than wrestling. Okay, now if you if when I'm not going to try to turn this into a political conversation, but I'll just say that it's bigger than wrestling and everybody's trying to get things quote unquote back to normal. I don't think we're getting back to quote unquote back to normal anytime soon. So to me to try to rush things instead of just letting things take a natural course and error to the side of precaution, this is why this happened. It wasn't just the accident that Vince McMahon was part of this little round table of commissioners, team owners, you know, guys that have some sort of influence and money with all sporting events trying to get us, quote-unquote, back to normal. Now, however you want to spin it from that point, I'll let you spin it. I'll just say that this is happening. You saw it kind of happening. Now, from that point, like I said, I'll let you and everybody else draw their own conclusions. But once again, this doesn't surprise me that much. It, how fast it happened, I guess, is the biggest surprise. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's just rich dudes lining other rich dudes' pockets or rich dudes doing other rich dudes' favors. I, I don't know what else to say about this without just fucking sounding completely defeated. Uh, Zach, you want to put a nice little uh, downer bow on this? Yeah, sure. <laughs> just just go ahead and Google how much Linda McMahon's Trump Super PAC donated to Tampa and Orlando uh, the day before the Florida governor announced that uh, they were essential business. Epstein didn't kill himself. a million dollars. Epstein didn't kill himself. Let's get to that three count. One, <laughs> two, three. Okay, so um, three count. Let's get to some fun stuff now, at least as fun as we can do in an empty arena. So the three count is going to be the Wednesday Night Wars. I thought both shows uh, were watchable last night. Um, very much so. Uh, I'll start off with, you know what? I'm going to start off with AEW. AEW started off with a really serviceable, if not very good match between Colt Cabana and Lance Archer. It was pretty one-sided. 
Never thought that Cabana really had a chance against Archer, but Cabana made Archer look like a complete stud. I mean, I, you know, Archer throwing around Marco stunts one thing, but for him beating the shit out of Colt Cabana, who's not a small dude, it was a fun match. Did you guys watch that match? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I agree with everything you said. Uh, he's supposed to throw around Marco stunt, you know. I mean, that's basically why he's there, to throw around someone of 230, 240, and pretty much making it look easy. They're building up Lance Archer to be the monster heel, whether it's mid-card, upper mid-card, top of the card, whatever the case may be. Lance Archer is on the way, and they're building them the right way. Zach? Oh, yeah, for sure. I would not, like, my presumption is that this um, TNT championship finals match is going to be Cody versus Lance Archer because that's kind of what the build has been, and they're both in the tournament, and I think uh, that just makes sense, and they're doing a good job with Lance Archer. Like, uh, I mean, he's got to be the best wrestler with the worst tattoos in the world, but he's still really talented. I mean, (laughs) I used to make fun of him. Ten years ago for that tramp stamp, but he is a badass who who can work. And Cole Cabana, like doing a little hop right before he gets shoulder blocked, just looks so good. And Cole Cabana oh, yeah. is a very valuable guy for them to have on their roster who gives guys credible wins and can also make dudes look like studs. So uh, who, who knew that you could improve a tramp stamp by just splooshing Christianity all over it? <laughs> Uh, I also want to say I also want to say that um, I don't know if you guys saw the inner circle sketch of the bubbly bunch or if you fast forwarded through it so good I need more of that like in this downtime like I need like half the show can be that and I'm way more entertained than empty arena matches it was Jericho so good so good can I also point out here is that this is one of the reasons that I always love Jack Swagger, and everybody made fun of me because I love Jack Swagger, but the dude has comedy chops. Does he not? Airboss was funny. I, I, I did not think it was going to be funny, and then when he turned and kids it was like, kids, Airboss, and he said, I'm going to kick the shit out of John Moxley. <laughs> I openly belly laughed. I was like, hell yeah, that is too fucking funny. He's got comedy chops. He's great. And you know what? LAX, they were doing their part, too. Not bad. Like, the the inner circle is starting to look a little bit more like a, like a team, and I love that inner circle GNR Appetite for Destruction shirt that they have. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, that that bad boy might have to come home. I got a birthday coming up in November. Hint, hint, yeah, wink, too. wink. Um, up. None of us might be alive by November. Oh, come on, you, Zach. You got shit to do. Um, you guys are about to enter a high-risk age group. Hey, 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 hey. Zach's all well, slim and trim. Only had, only had two beers in 2020, all slim and trim over there just watching us die. Gonna be him and gonna be him, gonna be him and Murray doing the podcast. Um, so, yeah, right. Don't fuck it up. Uh, Moxie Swagger was a no holds barred match, and this is kind of the downside of Swagger or Hager. Sorry, Jake Hager. Um, he kind of really only has one gear in ring. He doesn't. He doesn't. He can't really. Uh, he doesn't really get to a spot where the match gets really exciting or starts building up to a crescendo or anything. Um, it was a long match, 30 minutes. Uh, Moxley, of course, went over. It's a good win for him. Uh, Hager didn't look too blown up in the, for a 30-minute match, so he must be in pretty good shape. You guys have thoughts? He was training for a Bellator fight, like, legit. So, like, he's probably in better conditioning than, than Moxley. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was fine. Like, it was a little long. If it was a little shorter, I think I would have not, like, lost interest as quickly and I would have been more into it. Uh, it was cool, though. It was fine. JCB? No, I, I think that this match is very similar to, like we said in the last episode last week, the Boneyard match, Firefly Funhouse match. It's it's polarizing. Either you liked it or you didn't. Now, we'll give you the fact that it did run long, but the commercials made it feel like it ran long. It was probably more on the lines of, like, maybe – 15 to 20 minutes, but they did have a couple, couple commercial breaks, probably even a third one, which was like towards the end, like the last 10 minutes. 
if I'm not mistaken, there was a third one, which really made it, it seem long, and it was just weird when they did that spot. Outside of that, I thought the match was fine. I mean, it, it did what it was supposed to do. It, it made Moxley get a hard-earned victory over a top-five guy. So if you're into the AEW rankings, that's something to be said. Moxley in a loss doesn't look like he was, you know, hurt that badly. It took a steel chair uh, paradigm shift to end the match. So, I mean, all in all, like I said, to me, it's either you liked it or you don't. Put me on the side that I liked it just for the fact that it continued the storyline and both guys look a little stronger coming away from it. All right, moving on to NXT, which, I mean, credit to these shows because SmackDown and Raw really haven't been doing it, but both of these shows, and it's probably because they're going up against each other, are still doing storylines, and they're not they're not short on shit that's going on. Uh, for example, um, well, I'll just start at the top. We had Finn Balor versus Fabian Eichner. Uh, Fabian Eichner is probably a little underused as being the mouthpiece for uh what are they called imperium imperium sorry uh the mouthpiece for imperium he's a stud they had a fun match um i thought tozawa getting the win over swerve was kind of strange but tozawa has always been better than his enhancement wrestler standing in WWE has suggested. I mean, the guy can work, and he was kind of getting himself over there for a while, too. Any thoughts on those matches, guys? Zach? I'll start with Zach. Sure. Uh, Yeah, I was a little surprised at Swerve losing because he has, I think, more upside. I'm not saying that Tozawa doesn't because Tozawa does, but I feel like Tozawa's kind of in his place, like, you know, like they've They've got him slotted in, whereas Swerve is fresh and new, and you know, who knows where he'll end up. But it was, you know, that was definitely surprising. But you know, I guess it's just the the idea of the tournament, and they want, you know, some upsets. Uh, but uh, I was definitely surprised at that as well. But uh, but yeah, everything was like it was pretty fine as far as like wrestling goes. Again, I'm just like you said, I don't know if it's uh, COVID malaise or whatever, but I am um, supremely less interested. Uh, some of this stuff really gets me back interested, like I, Chris Jericho, you know, with his commentary, like giving me legitimate belly laughs and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm glad I watched this. <laughs> but it is just, it's tough, man. Like, it, it's almost like you know you're escaping by watching it. It's just not, it's just not the same. Yeah, it feels like you're watching a dress rehearsal, kind of. Uh, so yeah. let's just have me and Zach shit on it. Hey, Jason, what do you think about those matches? <laughs> oh, sorry, I'll be the contrarian. I like both matches, honestly. Uh, Eichner, I think, is really just underrated. I mean, I've seen him in the, involved, obviously, now in NXT. Him and uh, Marcel Bartel, I think, are a, a really good tag team, and especially just on a division where I know we love NXT here, but the tag team division has kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit. Um Undisputed Air, God bless them. I just said it on Twitter last night. I think their time has kind of came and gone where now they're going on the downside of things. When they had the title match last night, and I kind of knew no matter who it was that was picked for Matt Riddle that, you know, they were going to retain. So I'll give you that part. There's some bad parts to it. But, I mean, the matches themselves, they're good matches. You just miss the full sale crowd getting behind the match. That said, First match was good. It sets up, obviously, uh, Balor and Dream later on. And then the uh, the, the Cruiserweight ma- title, the not title match, but the tournament match, I was surprised too. I, I mean, this, but this is kind of, of what I keep telling people about WWE all the time. Vince tells you once what he wants you to know. And in this case, it's Triple H. Tozawa has has been champion. Now he he's on the back end. He needs to, at least in my mind, put guys over. So when he wins this first match, it kind of is a surprise, but I had to take a step back and think, okay, you know, Hey Jay, this is kind of like G one. It's a round Robin thing. So everybody's going to get a chance. So Swerve can come back and, you know, eventually win this group. But I didn't think the matches were bad. It just missed the full sale crowd to take it to that next step that we all know and love. 
Okay, uh, Adam Cole cut a promo from what looked like his back patio, and then we move on to the two real big uh, events that happened on NXT, which is Velveteen Dream cutting a promo. Finn Balor basically came out, said, if you're going to talk about the greatest NXT championship of all time, you're talking about the wrong guy. You need to be talking about me. We're getting Velveteen Dream and Finn Balor next week. In front of a full sale crowd, it's hard to imagine a hotter matchup than Finn Val Finn Balor versus Velveteen Dream. Uh, thoughts on that, JCB? I'm all for it. Let's get it on because I was going to say there's no telling when we're getting Cole versus Velveteen Dream. This oh. makes storyline sense. Oh, you're pro. You're pro Velveteen Dream versus Finn Balor. Yes, let's do it. Don't um, don't go out on a limb there. No, I'm good. You can put me out on that limb, and I'll be out there by myself. I am for this shit, man. In front of a crowd, in, you know, in my backyard at full sale. Let's do this shit. I think that's going to be a good match. Uh, and and like, and just real quick, and we always say that we're looking for Velveteen Dream to have that one great singles match. We're putting Finn Balor in front of him. This is as good as the chances that we're going to get for him to have that match that we've been clamoring for. In any other match, we've always claimed that, you know, and not even claimed, but with the validity that he does well in multi-man matches. This is a chance to shut us up and get him in a singles match with somebody that can go and shut us all up and have a great match. I'm excited to see it. You know who I'd like to see Velveteen Dream go against, though, who could probably get, uh, to me, a more exciting match? I'd love to see him versus Walter. Um, Two Beer, what do you think about the match next week? What? Stop. I, th- I think <laughs> I think you just um, write off Velveteen Dream till you get fans back because he's super young. He's not going anywhere. Just keep him in the gym. Uh, that dude needs fans right now. He doesn't need like more practice matches or anything like that. He he just needs fans. He is a character driven commodity. He is not a work rate commodity. And watching him in front of no crowd is just doing him a disservice. Now that's and that like, Skip Bayless take I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> it's Unbelievable! Like, it's like having Ricochet do a promo. You know, it's just just don't nah. like, let him do his thing. And then we had okay, so we had Undisputed Era versus Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher in his NXT debut uh, of MLW Fame. Um. And then at the end, Ciampa cut a selfie promo, basically talking about how Gargano was the better man. And then Killer Cross, Kevin Cross, uh, comes up behind him, gives him a German suplex off the chair, and then the camera falls down. Kevin Cross says TikTok, which was his old catchphrase from Lucha, right? From Lucha? Uh, no, uh, Impact Wrestling. That wasn't his – I think that was his catchphrase in Lucha, too. But it, it, neither here nor there. Um, so that's a real easy move for Ciampa to move off of Gargano before they eventually fight again next year at uh, NXT TakeOver. Uh, thoughts on Kevin Cross's big uh, debut? Go ahead, I mean, going, he's going, he's, he's, no, he's going straight to the top. Like, if you're going to get this guy over, like having him go over Tommaso Ciampa – uh, is a big deal. Like having him go straight to the top and lose makes him look like a punk. So he's got to win. So I won't shit on it until Champa makes him look like a punk. <laughs> no, man. I, how can you not be excited for this? I mean, you're getting all, and this is just my perspective. You're coming away from a match that I really, really enjoyed. You're making Champa having to eat his words, which I'm sure he didn't want to do in kickbacks. Now that said, you have him, you know, saying that did somebody just fart? Gargano's the better. I don't know. Did they? Zach? Nope. Okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry, Jason. Go ahead. No. What do you say? Like, where'd that come from? <laughs> I heard it. Yeah. Whoever's, no, I heard it. Melted, delted, motherfucker. I would, don't pull that bullshit. <laughs> Man, we're gonna put we're gonna put a poll up on Twitter to say, did you hear a fart? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Sorry to so cut you off, Jason. You it, it. We no, like, just, 
is a pruder film, this motherfucker. <laughs> 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 no, I just like, like I said, I think it's a good way for Cross to come in. You're putting him against Ciampa, which is a great move. I don't know why people were saying Gargano and Killer Cross. They, they don't do heel versus heel. It's heel versus face, and you couldn't have a, a bigger face right now in the in NXT outside of the guy that just got kicked in the balls by his bitter enemy's current wipes. Yeah, Scarlett being there, it's going to make sense. It's going to work. I'm excited for it. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. It's not what we're used to, but they're delivering at least for me storylines that I can at least – come back next week and be interested in. That's really all I can ask for at this point. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for our three count. One, two, three. Okay, guys, I'm going to go through some odds and ends, and then we're going to have a conversation on air about what we're going to put on Twitter later and see what the listeners want to hear. But um, before we do that, uh, we had Andrade versus McIntyre on Raw, and it looks like Andrade, Austin Theory, and Angel Garza are Zelina Vega's faction, which are not a faction because there's only three of them, but uh, I think that's cool. Why is it not a faction? Doesn't a faction have to have four? Or no, a faction has three. A stable has four. Sorry. So are are we cool with that? Can you imagine being like Zack Ryder and getting fired, and then Austin Theory gets called up, and the dude's like, seven years old <laughs> i mean yes i can i can they like zach Ryder. they have done nothing with zach Ryder for a long time they they chewed him up and they spit him out but i mean yeah it's wrestling man everybody wants the fresh new thing if zach Ryder, if he would have if he would have repackaged himself or if he would have come up to some sort of nuance to his character or done something and i don't know maybe he did and maybe they just rejected it all along the way but i mean was anybody really, I mean, were you really a big Zack Ryder guy, Zack? No, I was just using, using him as an example. Like, it's yeah. just funny because uh, there, there's got to be people down at that performance center, and that dude probably wasn't even there long enough to get a locker. I, and I, he's I, he was in WrestleMania and on Raw. Yeah, like, I, Hunter's got to love him. That's I mean, that's got to be what it is. He's got a terrible name. I think it's Heyman, actually, because, uh, you know, because of Raw. I think it's Heyman, like, you know, I feel like it has to be. No, it's it's he's a Heyman guy. Heyman is high on Austin Theory. I'm high on Austin Theory. I just think that he might fall in the trap of a Apollo Cruz where you called him up too fast. Now you have him in a, a faction, which I like the faction, but ultimately I just don't see them pushing this faction to where it's going to do like a um an undisputed era did for NXT. They're it, it only has such a, a high enough ceiling to where it goes so far. To me, that's the mid card, especially when Andrade is seemingly the quote unquote leader. He's a mid card guy. These are other mid card and lower card guys. So, I mean, it's nice to see, but ultimately, I just don't think it's going to go where I would want it to go. Man, for a second. I did like the callback of the Drew Andrade match where Drew oh, tore yeah. his bicep and dropped the title. Like, that was cool. Like, I mean, props to long-term them, storytelling wise. Yeah. Like that was, that was cool. Yeah. Um, man, when Jason said that he was also high on Austin theory, I thought Austin theory was some new strange sativa that he just got from over in Collinsville. Um, <laughs> they really should, they really should name one that that'd be pretty dope. It sounds like a name of a weed. Uh, it sounds like a name of a weed. I said, uh, <laughs> old man old man uh there's really not much else uh to talk about from raw i mean mcintyre is doing his best there i mean it's really kind of i mean now, you not excited for drew and uh seth at all oh okay that's i called that, it that well, is you couldn't hear me you couldn't hear me call it but i called it i will say this <laughs> i'll say this the to our episode. i'll say this to our loyal listeners I remember Zach did not call it. Um, so, oh my God. <laughs> so, so Kevin Owens beats Kevin Owens beats Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Big win, right? Seth Rollins comes back, and then he just comes out and curb stomps uh, McIntyre twice, and now he's got the title shot. This is why I fucking hate fucking Raw, the main roster. It just doesn't make any sense. 
Classic WWE man. Gato would never do that shit. No. He would never hurt you like that. You know what? Zack Ryder should have came out <laughs> and just given somebody the Long Island IZ on a Monday Night Raw after a pay-per-view and gotten the title shot in kayfabe style. Kayfabe style. But, yeah, Rollins and McIntyre, it's going to look like that Spider-Man gif of, like, both of them pointing at each other. <laughs> well, but Okay, but in this scenario, you know how they book. And we can move on if you want to move on. This is face versus heel. This is what they do. I know. They're not going to do face versus face when you just have, you just got Drew over as, you know, the new champ. Yeah. And Rollins and ain't going to go over. Up against, no, he's not. But you can't put him against Kevin Owens either because then you don't have somebody that the fans can get behind one in WWE's, in WWE's mentality. But then on the back end of it, who goes over? You just got Kevin Owens' his fucking WrestleMania moment, and now you're going to snuff it out by having him losing the, to Drew McIntyre? That doesn't make sense either. So, I mean. I don't know. Have, have him fight Lashley or something. Just, I, like, I don't care. Like, it's money in the bank, so the title match isn't the big draw. The the money in the bank matches are the big draw. So, why not just have. No disagreement. So, just ha- offer up. Actually, Bobby Lashley Baron is a pretty Corbin. good call, actually. No, not Baron Corbin, please. Wrong now. show, wrong show. Wrong show. Oh, really? I have no idea who's on what show anymore. Jesus Christ, don't say that out loud. <laughs> uh, that's enough. Uh, I got something else I want to talk about. This is banned from Don't want to talk about Braun and Bray? Braun and Bray? Oh, you guys really don't watch, do you? Wait, what happened? must have fallen asleep. What happened with Braun and Bray? They're probably getting ready to have a title match. Ah, I didn't watch SmackDown. <laughs> God damn! And you know what? I didn't even... What day is SmackDown on? I didn't even look... <laughs> Thursdays. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even look up to see what happened on SmackDown, to be honest. Is that true? So Good it's going to be... God, wrong. man! Okay. That's how bad it is. It's bad. It's been so bad. Can I, can I be at fault? Listen, we'll put that up on Twitter, too. Can Two Beers Act... And BFR Bill be at fault for not watching SmackDown if it's been so bad for six or eight weeks and nothing of consequence has happened. I vote. I vote. I vote no. I vote no. But I'll just say this: last week was a week of consequence because you basically have, you know, a storyline that is what we always yell at them about long story, long story storytelling. Well, here it is. It's the Wyatt family. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. So they are going to have, you know what? We'll come back next week and talk about that. Jason, you can wax poetic about it for about 30 seconds, though, if you don't mind. Yeah, I can wax poetically about it. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, <laughs> Bray is, uh, with, with Roman not being up. around anytime soon, this is probably their next best move. They shouldn't have took it off Bray anyway to begin with. We all know that because they tried to make this spear versus spear match into something that it probably shouldn't have been to begin with. Another reason that you probably should have gave it to Roman to begin with, but that's another story for another time. You took it off Bray to give it to Goldberg, but now coughing up the, the broad. So this is probably the next best match because now Roman Reigns is not coming back anytime soon. And apparently he's getting ready to have Holy twins. Shout Roman Reigns, you know, sperm, barren, motherfucking good shit on the, on the twins. But nonetheless, this is the move. You have no other options. And it's what I hammered about WWE six months ago, a calendar year ago. It is a top heavy organization. You got two or three guys, and then everybody else fend for your fucking selves. Now, if you fucking did this roster smart <laughs> and built it, you wouldn't have this fucking He's problem. Where now you cut half the roster, not even half of it, a third of it that doesn't do anything. Uh. And then you could have put in Lashley like we just threw out there, and it would have made sense instead of having him fighting God knows who, and the focus is on him getting ready to divorce Lana. Nobody gives a He's shit about up. that. <laughs> Hey, Jason, how many times do you think I just played He's Heating Up while you were talking? Uh, I I went for like three minutes, so I'm going to say probably five. All right, let me play the bump right here. This is banned from ringside. Okay, this is what I want to talk about, and then we're going to go, okay? So I know that we could talk forever, guys, and we can always do this because, you know, we like talking about wrestling. But as they're – tends to be less and less wrestling going on. 
we have to figure out something to fill the podcast because the fans demand it. So we've talked before about doing a different NXT, starting at the beginning and doing a different NXT takeover every week. And us like ranking each match, ranking the takeover, and then trying to come up with the best takeover of all time. I like that idea. That being said, I was thinking today about how much I miss New Japan. So would we want to maybe watch old G1s or old Wrestle Kingdoms and throw those in there too? Maybe have a different pay-per-view every week? I mean, this is what we talked about when we started the podcast. Like we could do like a like a callback to a different pay-per-view every week. We could let the we could let Twitter figure it out. Like maybe we watch SummerSlam 02 or Wrestle Kingdom 2008 or something like that. Or should me and Jason just do a real world road rules challenge podcast <laughs> for the last half hour of every BFR every week? Sorry, Zach, move aside. <laughs> All right. So the last one was a joke. That's last one was last one was a joke. But do you guys I think that we should put it on Twitter. Do the people want to hear us start over at the very beginning with NXT TakeOver to try to determine the greatest TakeOver of all time and maybe the greatest TakeOver match of all time? Or do we want to... I was going to say, but man, look, you, you can just stop right there. I think that's the move. I think I really think because we all love NXT TakeOvers, we're all looking for a good reason to be excited about wrestling again. And I want to watch wrestling with fans. We want. We're wrestling with fans, okay? This is something we talked about doing. Let's just do it. Okay. Let's just do it. All Next right. Week, let's just pick a pick a if you want to start at the beginning, at the very first one, and then just run down the line, grade them out, give the whole card a grade. We'll just do it week after week, and then we'll figure out ultimately this will be our March Madness. Well, I guess in this case, April Madness. We're gonna figure out what the best NXT takeover of all time is coming to this point, and we can do greatest match of NXT takeover as well. There you go. And really, realistically, this will take five months, you know. But we will watch an NXT takeover every week. Are you cool with that, Two Beer Zach? I'm down. All right. So, everybody listening out there, next Thursday, Zach, JCB, and I will all have watched the very first NXT TakeOver of all time, and you're all invited. That's your homework assignment to watch it for next week, and next week we will cover that. It might be one of the three counts depending on what happens. It might be in the odds and ends, but we'll give it a good 10, 15 minutes. Cool with everybody? If if anybody wants to DM me some Daily Motion videos or a WWE Network password, uh, hit me up in my DMs. Uh, yeah. Don't give that man shit. My, so you have my email. My password is Charlie Sheen sixty nine. Oh, dope. That's my password too. Oh shit! Oh, yeah, I gotta change yeah. it up. Yeah. Somebody's gotta switch that shit up. This is banned from ringside. All right, we got no, some. Let's do it, man. I'm excited for it. I think that's a good idea. That way, it's something to be excited about on a week to week basis. Something to look forward to, at least for you guys. And I'm not too down on the empty arena thing, but that's just me. But it's also like, it's great wrestling. Like, there's no way. I mean, NXT UK right now is showing Steven Regal versus Cesaro from back in the We the People days. I have no idea what's going on in this episode of NXT UK. Uh, we got some birthdays this week. George the Animal Steel, RIP, would have been 83. Vicky Guerrero is 52. I, I love Vicky Guerrero. I always thought that she played her character so well. And after seeing her in the Benoit doc and seeing her in other documentaries, she seems like a genuinely great person. So happy Agreed. birthday, Vicky Guerrero. Paul London is 40. Mia Yim is 31. Nails is 62. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, RIP, would have been 66. The Brooklyn Brawler is 59. Kurt Hawkins, who just got released this week. Happy birthday. He seems to have a good attitude about stuff. I like him. He's 35. Uh, Garrett Bischoff, if you remember for a while, he wrestled. He's 36. Hey, Garrett, enjoy your birthday. Uh, Bruce the Barber Beefcake is 63. Nikki Cross is 31. Ezekiel Jackson is 42. And RIP the Fink. Howard Finkel passed away yesterday. 
at the age of sixty nine. It was today. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he 69? was sixty nine. Sixty nice. nine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Howard, <laughs> the Fink, the Fink was the uh, the gold standard of uh, ring announcers, and oh, he was hey, man, the best. Man. He's, he's yeah. the absolute best that ever did it. He was awesome. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure how he. Uh, I'm not sure how he passed away, but uh, you know, oh, uh, rest in peace, Howard Finkel. You were the man. Uh, hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to ours. For Evan B. Eatery, for Reba the Pup, who is trying to fight my cat right now, for my wife upstairs, who's waiting for her computer, for F. Oh, I said F and B. Eatery, for Two Beers, Zach Pullman. For Jason Cornelius Bell, I am Bill Vagy, and everybody boo the heels! And sorry about last week. <laughs> no, he's not. He's a beast. Ah, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs>